stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge uh, filling in today and uh, the remainder of this week through next week as well. We've still got a lot to get to uh, here this morning. We'll talk about Canada-U.S. relations coming up after 1030 and what came out of that Trudeau-Biden uh, summit or virtual summit yesterday. Got some time for your calls coming up as well, 403-974-8255. So a lot of ground still to cover here on the program. As you heard during the news, uh, the Premier says, don't expect any big changes in tomorrow's budget. The Premier's talked of a, a fiscal reckoning But it ain't coming tomorrow, he says, that there's going to be a real focus on dealing with the pandemic, diversifying the economy, really kickstarting the economy. So we're probably facing a deficit of around $14 billion, which is big. It's down from last November, mind you. Uh, Like I said earlier, there's been some good news, at least in terms of oil prices, or at least in terms of the impact oil prices would have on the Alberta budget. I mean, high oil prices have other effects, too. But uh, that, that's certainly something that is going to have an impact on the Alberta government's um, financial situation. Now, certainly there, there is going to be some big changes coming to, to how Alberta spends money, how much money Alberta spends. And a lot of that comes out of the Blue Ribbon panel that was led by our next guest. Is there a conversation to be had on the revenue side as well? Now, the premier is pretty clear. There's no tax increases uh, coming in this budget tomorrow. But does there need to be a conversation down the road? And, and there's been some hints maybe that at some point uh, the revenue mix in Alberta is going to be reviewed. So the idea of potentially, uh, for example, a sales tax down the road, it's a possibility, I guess. So where, where does the, the revenue side of things need to factor in here? Now, joining us for some thoughts on all of this, very pleased to welcome the program uh, here this morning, Janice McKinnon, of course, uh, former finance minister for the province of Saskatchewan, led that blue ribbon panel here in Alberta, as mentioned, also a fellow with the School of Public Policy. Uh, Professor McKinnon, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Yes, great to be on the program. Uh, so first of all, your thoughts on, uh, you know, the, the situation Alberta finds itself in with regard to tomorrow's budget, some comments from the Premier about what to expect. Um, what, what are your thoughts, first of all? Well, yeah, I think those are the right priorities, certainly dealing with the pandemic and ensuring that the healthcare dollars are there to address the pandemic and some after effects of the pandemic, like wait times. And for sure, the priority needs to be getting people back to work and getting the economy moving. So the right priorities for sure at this point in time. So where where does balancing the budget factor in as a priority now or over the next two or three years? Oh, I think that's a a long-term prospect. And and Mm -hmm. every government in Canada is going to face the discussion that's occurring now in Alberta. Uh, We have to get through the pandemic. We have to get the economy going so that people are back to work. So the revenue side of of the government's books uh, increases. You get revenue back. And then you start looking at the tax side and looking in the very long term about how to balance the budget. And it'd be far too premature for any government to go down that road at this particular point in time. We've had moments in, in, in our history in Alberta where, you know, energy revenues, royalties uh, have come to the rescue, essentially. And, and, and look, it's possible there are some forecasting $100 a barrel once again 
that, that that could make a big difference on Alberta's bottom line, but sort of speaks to this whole broader conversation that doesn't make sense to continue to rely on that revenue as much as we do. Where, where do you come down on that question? Well, I think, yeah, I think I, I find the argument convincing but frustrating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Certainly, Alberta has to diversify its revenue sources uh, and make changes. But it's very easy to say, well, let's have a sales tax. But the people who say that just make the theoretical argument. They don't make the practical argument about the obstacles. So Jason Kenney doesn't support a sales tax. Rachel Notley doesn't support a sales tax. Who who imposed this sales tax? And there's good reason, because the problem in Alberta is you have to have a referendum to get approval for a sales tax. And our people, first step is persuading Albertans that they have to pay more. Uh, They will in Alberta and elsewhere in Canada, but that's a big task in itself. And then persuading them that the sales tax is the answer is a huge task. And sometimes I get frustrated because commentators say, well, all you need is leadership. I think what they're really saying is ignore the referendum or set it aside. But if you look at what happened in British Columbia, um, when a government there just kind of didn't think about public opinion and imposed a a sales tax change, the public response was so overwhelmingly negative that they had to reverse course. So, sure, what I'd like to say to the people, though, who say sales tax all the time, great, tell the government how to get there. That's the problem. It's not, is it a good idea? It's how, with all the obstacles here, do you get there? The second point uh, I'd like to make is the fact that Alberta doesn't have a, a sales tax, health care premiums, has low tax rates, is, has to change. But it's a big opportunity. Unlike a lot of other provinces, you have tax room. You can increase taxes without hurting your competitive position. But do it properly. Think of all your choices. Think of all the things that you want to achieve through increasing taxes, you know, revenue growth, uh, jobs, uh, economy, etc. Do it carefully and properly. Just don't rush into it by trying to do a sales tax right now and failing. So that's that's the reaction I have. Sure, good arguments about a sales tax, but please tell the government how to get there because as a former politician, I don't see an easy path through the referendum. Well, no, I mean, you're right. The referendum is not an easy path, and it would be politically um, problematic, I suspect, to just repeal that legislation and say a referendum is no longer necessary. So either way, you're right. There's some big obstacles. In, in terms of, you know, from, from an economist's perspective, um, you know, certainly if we were designing a tax mix from scratch and looking at ways to, to, to impose taxes, which taxes we would prefer to rely upon, I mean, isn't it true, though, that when it comes to a sales tax, that it is less damaging to the economy, that is more efficient than, than say, income taxes? Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Those arguments, as I say, those arguments are easy to make, but it's, you're going in circles when you just keep saying do it. Well, how do you do it? If you were, if you were Rachel Notley or, or Jason Kenney, how would you get through that, that hoop of the referendum? And that's, that's the problem. But also, it's not the only tax, and that's why you need a panel and they, you need broad terms of reference. Look at everything. Look at all the choices and educate the public to the fact that something's got to change here. You're going to have to pay more. And here's the choices, and there's no perfect choice. 
and hopefully build the support for the best tax regime. But you don't do that overnight and you don't do it during a pandemic when people are preoccupied by their health and their jobs and their businesses. Yeah, I don't think anyone's arguing we should rock the boat at the moment. Uh, nothing. We, we certainly don't want anything to get in the way of of economic recovery, and and you know this this potentially could. So I, I think everyone's pretty much on on the same page there. It's interesting with regard to the referendum question, and I'm not sure what the law says about how such a referendum would be worded. Presumably, it's a straight up yes or no question. But I, I think the idea of a tax shift reducing income taxes or reducing corporate taxes and bringing in a sales tax would be an easier sell than just tacking on a sales tax to to our status quo but i don't know i mean politically could could you try to ask the question that way well i mean this is uh, tax policy is really complicated and what mm-hmm. i really fear is that some of these things thrown out quickly you do tax policy on the back of an envelope and then you 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 take your opportunity to make changes and you don't make the right changes and that is a really problematic situation so that's why you need a panel and you need to look at all the choices and all the options and you need to assess can you persuade people to accept the sales tax under these conditions? And if you can't, then what are you going to do? You're not going to do a Gordon Campbell who imposed the tax and then uh, had to reverse himself and actually left politics. So it's it's complicated, yeah. So the first task, and I'm not sure if, if you did a poll that Albertans are there. Do you need higher taxes in Alberta? Yeah, you do, and other parts of Canada too, by the way. But start there and do it when people's attention is not on more immediate things like their health, their jobs, their businesses. And when the government can focus entirely on this huge task, it's a huge change. You only mm-hmm. get to do it every so often. You don't get to do this, you know, every three or four years. Well, do we need to tackle the spending side first? You know, and that's certainly what your panel looked at, the way Alberta spends money, how much we spend money, because, yeah, we spend a lot and we tax very little, and that, that's, that's problematic. But do we need to start with the, the spending first? Well, I think the government did start with the spending side, uh, but with the pandemic and the uh, downturn in the economy, they have to retreat from that because they have to spend money on health and they have to get the economy moving. But they have made some progress on that. And, you know, they can continue. For example, the spending in healthcare, it's changing the system to, to a different system that exists in other provinces, you know, with a less focus on the most expensive parts of the system and better health. But that's long term. But, yeah, I think that they have to continue watching the spending. But I think that they have to also do what they've said they're going to do down the road when the, the time is right the government's focused on other things besides the pandemic and getting the economy going. And the public, the, the, you know, the public, the pandemic is behind us. The economy is uh, recovering, so people aren't just worried about their jobs. Then it's the time to have that really big discussion about taxes. And it's a huge discussion. And uh, as I say, it's an opportunity because many other provinces in Canada just can't even afford to increase taxes because it's going to be so detrimental to the economy. Alberta has room. Use the room wisely. 
Yeah, look, I mean, as you say, there, there are a lot of political pitfalls in that conversation. I, I think when it comes to overhauling spending and, and really reforming spending, reducing spending, you know, that, that certainly has a, a political component to it as well. Did you find as a politician that it, is, it, is it easier to, to cut spending than it is to raise taxes? How, how do they compare in terms of political backlash? Well, if you look at the history of Canada, when the deficits become a problem, the governments would increase taxes first. Uh, so if you look at uh, Ottawa in the 80s and 90s, they, they went to the spending side because it was a crisis and because there was no tax room left. They couldn't. Paul Martin said it. We can't. There's no other taxes we can increase. So right. most governments go to the tax side because it's easier to increase people's taxes than to, to cut programs that affect them. Most governments do that. Um, they haven't, in Alberta, that hasn't been the case so far with this government. Um, they're, they're doing the spending side first, and uh, you know we'll see what happens after the pandemic and the economy recovers. Uh, do, do they go back to that side, or is the gap narrowed? Because they have... Uh, leveled off a lot of uh, spending already is a gap between other provinces narrowed by then. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow and uh, and in the months ahead. Uh, Janice McKinnon, appreciate your insight on all of this. Thanks for joining us here yeah. today. Great to talk to you. Likewise, all the best. Uh, Janice McKinnon, former finance minister in the province of Saskatchewan, is uh, now a fellow with the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary and, of course, headed up the Alberta government's Blue Ribbon Panel, the uh, McKinnon Report, as we now refer to it as. Uh, that, that had a lot of really interesting proposals in terms of how Alberta can change the way it spends money, how we essentially do government, really, for, for lack of a better term, and, and ultimately be more efficient, spend less. Why is it that we spend so much more per capita than other provinces? So is, is that sufficient when it comes to dealing with the problem? Maybe. But I think there's still the other elephant in the room when it comes to royalties, energy revenues. Because when has an Alberta government ever balanced the budget without oil revenues? Well, maybe that's maybe it's fair. You know, we have them; they're here. Why not make use of them? But it's something to consider. If we're okay with continuing to have that go into revenue, go into to funding the budget, then fair enough. If we want to take those royalties out of the mix and rely less on them, put them in the savings. Then what? Anyway. 403-974-8255 is uh, the number here. Some time for your calls when we come back. Stay with us. By the way, as mentioned, we'll have some open line time coming up after 11 o'clock. So we'll have more time for your calls then, too. But let's go to the phones in the meantime and uh, say good morning to Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Rob, just a comment on, on taxes. I think government's first priority should be to cut spending because taxes are the most draining on the economy. And uh, just a quick comment we had a de facto sales tax under Notley because she took the carbon tax and put it into general revenues and the other point I want to make is that if you have a tax you have to earn the money first to pay that and pay income tax on that money so uh, a six percent sales tax you have to go out and earn ten percent to pay that tax I don't think people understand just how draining how hard tax increases are on a family's ability to uh, pay their bills Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are fair points, Jeff. Appreciate the call. By the way, just to clarify, I mean, the, the Notley carbon tax, they did spend that money, but it didn't just go into general revenues. It, it went into a special kind of pot to, to spend on environmental initiatives, et cetera, 
which maybe is is uh, somewhat of a meaningless distinction, but just to be clear about that. Um, yeah, look, I mean, you know, taxes are, are, are draining, right? So the question is, how high do we go? And, and what form of tax? It's interesting to me that it's probably easier politically to simply increase the income tax rate than it is to bring in a sales tax. But why is one more popular than the other or less controversial than the other? Again, I think you got to fall back on the evidence. Which taxes are, are less damaging to the economy? Let's go with those then. But that's not how we do it. So that, that to me, I, I find interesting. Okay, like I said, more time for your calls later. When we come back, we'll talk Canada-U.S. relations, what came out of this Trudeau-Biden meeting yesterday, what we can expect, if anything, uh, from the fact that the two seem to get along well or on the same page on a lot of issues. Rob Breckenridge with you here on 770 CHQR. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.